Everything from overlanding in your stock rig to full-on LS-powered two buggies on stickies. This is the Total Offered Podcast. I'm your host, Steve. And I'm Ian, and we are here today with episode 11. Episode 11. Yep. We've made it. We got we've made a, it past 10 episodes. Over 10. Yeah, it's nice. Cool. I like it. Making progress. I always like it. Nice thing is, <laughs> speaking of 10, we get to announce a new partnership opportunity we've gotten. Yes. And who is that with? It's with Crawler Off-Road. They are a retailer of um, synthetic recovery equipment. All kinds of... I was checking the website out, and um, they got some cool stuff. Do they do? Like, um, I've got a couple soft shackles, but uh, we were actually sitting here playing with one of their soft shackles earlier today. Yeah, because I bought some already. Yeah, bought some stuff. (laughs) Got got to to test them out before we give them the... uh, well, we've got the event the coming up on March 8th that we're going to go to yep. over there at the Badlands. And I was like, you know, Test I don't have out. any soft shackles. And on top of that, yeah, it'd be a good time to shout them out. And also, I've still got a steel cable on my winch. Mm. Now, Crawler Off-Road, when you buy one of their synthetic uh, cables for your winch, it comes with the Cordura, uh, this this protective sleeve. The condom. The condom. I don't know what else. That's just it's, the lamest they, thing I they can They call it Cordura. With. Never heard of that before, to be That's, honest with you. you know, it's Cordura. Mm-hmm. But anyway. I would just call it like a protective it abrasion it's resistant sleeve. It's an abrasion sleeve. and a heat resistant sleeve. Now, on the so like on this soft shackle, it has it for most of the length of the soft shackle, so it doesn't get tore up too bad. I've never seen that before in a soft shackle, to be honest really? with you. Honestly. And I've seen a few different manufacturers make them, and they, maybe they do, or maybe they offer them as an add-on mm-hmm. or something. But I have never seen the abrasion sleeve on a soft shackle. Yeah. This that one has I know it. of. This one has it, and so does mine. This is a six inch, and I've also it's got a ten nice. inch. Yeah, it is nice. Real this nice. is a big for six inches. That must be the diameter inside this. The circle diameter yeah, inside the circle. I don't know, but uh, either way, um, it has a quarter. But on their winch cables, on their the winch synthetic rope. winch rope. Yep, it has ten feet on. It has two of these. It has ten feet towards the drum, and then ten feet out towards the hook. So when you wrap it around your drum, now for me, I'm going from a cable from a steel cable on the drum. Switching over to a synthetic line. If I didn't have that Cordura down by the end, there's a good chance that I could could tear the rope up. Well, a lot of people I've heard, um, it's not even well. I mean that that's yes, a good thing for me. But the heat, heat from the break is the biggest yep. thing. But most ropes that I know of, mm-hmm. again, not a professional, um, most only have a one. And I always see people yeah. put it at the end. That's where I've planned to put mine is yeah. at the end because of rocks trees, and trees rocks. and whatever. Yep, you can move it around. But you're also stressing your investment on the drum. Yeah. So anyway, uh, check them out. I think they've got they've got some killer prices on kinetic ropes. I don't own one either, so yeah. I might have to slide over there and get one. And they set us up with a discount code for our listeners. Discount code. So if you go to Crawler Off-Road, which they are Crawler Off-Road on Facebook, Instagram, or their website of just Crawler Off-Road, yep. um, put everything and anything you can afford, put on your credit card, tax <laughs> seasons here, yep. um, put it all in your shopping cart. Um you get a 10% off discount code on everything but the kinetic ropes and uh, their kinetic ropes as if you will price shop them. They're ridiculously priced for what you're getting. Yeah. You're getting a coated rope. That's UV protectant. That's as strong as anything in the industry. You know, you're getting, this is a nice kinetic jerk strap. Yep. And, uh, 
So the you prices get, are yeah. super affordable. So the, the code doesn't work on the kinetic ropes, but you get 10% off anything else. Yep. They got all kinds of other, um, I think they got the winch. Uh, one of the things that I actually don't own um, is one of those, I don't know what the hell you call it, one of those bags with the weights. It's like a weighted bag you would oh, put yeah. on the thing. Mm-hmm. They've got those on there, so I'm going to check one of those out. But use 10% of code of low-key. It's L-O-W-K-E-E. Um, I was screwing around with it this morning, and it doesn't matter, I don't think on the capitalization of it. I don't think so. So I tried it a couple different ways and it worked for me every time. If you got any problems, let me know, let them know, but check it out. Pretty awesome stuff. And like I said, we've got it here. We're going to use the shit out of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe there's a chance it could land in some of your hands. Yep. And, uh, more info coming soon on what their partnership entails. So stay tuned. Don't forget. This is week beginning of week two of the swag packs. Yep. If you're interested in them, go pick one up. If you're not interested, no problem. It makes no difference to us. We just want to offer you guys up some swag. But um, if, if you, you have purchased one. If you have purchased one, then you already know you're the winner. Dun, dun, dun. We did. So we gave one away Podcast World yesterday. Yep. Uh, we're going to do that again next week. We'll be posting that on all the platforms who won it. So it'll be, it'll be in post. It's not going to be on a story. I mean, it may be on a story as well. But it'll be in post as well, so you'll be able to check that out and see who won, and that'll go out uh, this week. Sometime we'll get it shipped out, so that'll be your uh, polished tumbler yep. that one of you has won because you signed up last week for it, and then if you sign up this week, you are eligible as well. Doing it again. And those people from last week as well. Yep. And that doesn't discredit you to win one of the five personalized Total Off-Road Pint glasses. Yep. Um, that'll be kind of cool to do. I'm going to have to get me one maybe. Um, yeah. I think that should be, we yeah. should order some extras. I'm going to order me one. <laughs> um, I, that's usually I leave myself out. I'm like, Oh, here's everybody else's crap. And Aww. damn, I forgot my own. So, yep. um, but yeah, order it. If you, if you want to, if you don't, you know, whatever, either way, yeah. enjoy our we beautiful just, voice. Yeah. Literally just wanted to offer it up to anybody that wanted it, you know, decals. Yep. We also, um, if you guys want just swag outside of the swag packs, let us know. We'll hook you up. We'll get you some stuff going on. But we're not going to spend too much time on that because you heard it in last week's episode. So, let's get... Hey, wait. I was going to hit the button. Were you? Yeah. Who's our guest today? (laughs) We've got Mr. (laughs) Jake Berkey from Busted Knuckle Off-Road today, which personally, I mean, big fan. Like, I want to go full fanboy, but I'm going to go full fanboy for a moment here. Go for it. Um, Dude's been doing some badass shit. I'm a 14-bolt guy up front, so that to me is exciting. Um a lot of tech is going to come out of that. Um, it's just, I don't know, blows my mind that somebody can retain that much info. Yeah. And not only wants to retain it, isn't just here to it. sell me a product. Yes. Like yep. he, he doesn't, he, they do their tech rods or uh, rock rods. Sorry. Tech tips. Uh, tech tips yep, on, on YouTube. YouTube. And why? Here's an, here's an opinion. Why would you want to give me all this info that you're using to build your product? Because you need it. And you want to share the knowledge. Yep. That's, I think, the biggest takeaway from it is he did not like, I know all the things. I want to keep all the things to myself. I want to share all the knowledge. I'm not doing anything, you know, mind-blowing that you don't know or don't do. He's just perfected the skill and the craft of doing it. And that, to me, is awesome. That he not only wants to sell you a product, but he also wants to give you the same knowledge that he has and yeah. grow the entire sport. He wants to awesome. sell you a product if you need it. Yep. If you don't need it, he just wants to help you get what you but need. But he wants to give you what's right for you. Yeah. That's the exciting Dude, thing. He's a great guy. Awesome. Cool. Well, let's take a phone call from him. 
I get my fanboy out first. Close. <laughs> is this Jake Berkey? Yes, it is. How's it going? What's going on, man? It's Steve Summers. Hey, Steve. How you doing? Not too bad. About yourself? Everything is good, man. Just sitting here in the shop, tootling around, just kind of messing with some stuff. Cool. What else are you getting on today? Anything? Um, yeah, I've got a new interview. I, I got a guy coming in to interview. Um, oh, he's cool. supposed to be here in about an hour. That's the only reason new why hire? I have to get off in about an hour. So. Yeah, I just put him on here. Um, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh, that'd be cool. Do the job interview on the podcast. <laughs> there you go. Just be like, yeah, you're online and <laughs> see what he has to say. See if you can see if you can counter look, fast. Look, bro, if you can't handle, we're gonna let you go. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So yeah, so that's I mean, that's pretty much it. I mean, we got that and then um I'm going over to to Matt's house here in a little bit. He he's building a new house. I'm gonna go over there and cool. check out his new house. We'll probably go out and do dinner or something. We Spend a lot of time together, him and I. So we're probably awesome. going to be doing that, right? Yep. That is so. Awesome that's pretty much stuff. it, man. I did a lot of CAD design in the last couple of days and getting a lot of new products and stuff out. So that's a lot of it. Yeah, that's awesome. I've yep. I mean, mm-hmm. I've been just polishing, <laughs> Make, making money, pol- polishing. Yeah, I own a metal polishing company. Oh, cool. Yeah, little small small business, just myself running it, but um, it pays the bills and then some. So. Gotcha. That's, a, that's the that's important awesome, part. Man. Yeah. Yep. As long as I can stay motivated, that's my problem. I lose motivation. I'm like, oh, I don't want to do nothing but work on my Jeep and do other things. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I get that. Yeah. It's it's super difficult, you know, you know, running a shop and all that stuff. And especially when, you know, we're getting up on our feet, it, it spends so much time that people don't even realize just, I mean, just something that's simple. Like people don't even think about it. But like I'll spend when we have a build that comes in. And it's time to order parts. Like I will literally spend an entire Sunday. Like I'll, I'll start at lunchtime and I'll just issue POs to different manufacturers uh, that, that support us. And it'll take me five hours just to buy the stuff for the build. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, and spend an entire day, an entire weekend day uh-huh. just over there trying to order parts in for a build or something. Yep. So it's uh it's pretty crazy to think about like you know all the stuff that it takes in the back end to keep a business running whether it's metal polishing right. or doing what i'm doing or whatever you know yeah we do that on my tuesdays are pretty my mondays and tuesdays are pretty wrecked with trying to do oh. push do the like social push for the uh, podcast when it comes out that way we have you know just the people know that it's coming out you know, you know from week right, to week right. people that aren't subscribed or people that aren't listening all the time you know they forget that it comes out on tuesdays so want to mm. get out there and push that pretty hard. And so we, I eat up a good chunk of my Tuesday running, gotcha. running out those things. The worst part yep. about social media is it's free. Yes. Because that means if you're not doing it, there's no excuse to not do it. And that's yes. what I hate. I, I, everybody's like, Oh, it's not too bad. I'm like, yeah, it sucks. You try to tag <laughs> all your guest sponsors, all your, your, your sponsors, everything you want to tag everybody and everything, because that's how you get your exposure and it's all free. So it's not even a, uh, like a bullshit excuse about, Oh, it costs me money that I don't have. Yeah. No, it's literally right. just your time. That's free and it sucks. <laughs> yeah it can definitely be a really good tool to to advertise and grow your business and all that stuff but it does take a lot of hard work and uh, that's one thing that we've been blessed with is you know the ability to have a, a product that people really enjoy and uh, a brand that really stands out and between the two of those uh you know we really have an, an exceptional ability to capture people you know they just they want to like our stuff and you know they share because they want to so you know, it takes a lot of the, the, the effort, I won't say out of us, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, we share the effort with our clients, which a lot of people don't get. Yeah. That's what it's all about. You take care of them. They mm-hmm. take care of you. 
Yeah. And that yep. brand recognition is huge. You know, yep. people, they like what we're doing and, uh, we put a post out there and they just go out of their way to share it, you know, yep. and, and they tell all their friends, check this video out, check out this new product. And, you know, it kind of, we have to do the first leg, but then people, they just kind of take off like wildfire and, you know, kind of help us out and yeah. we don't have to do quite as much legwork. Yeah. We'll, we'll get to that point eventually. Yeah. Well, you guys are a little further along than we are. Yep. Just yeah, just yeah. It's uh, <laughs> it, everybody. Everybody always starts out somewhere, man. And mm-hmm. I remember, like, with uh, with Matt. You know, we started out, and you know, I'm four wheeling, and I look over, and there's this guy on like a. Uh, it was like a 50 cc Kawasaki <laughs> dirt bike with a backpack and a little like, I mean, like a Walmart camera, and he's out there. You know, 200 followers on YouTube. You know, and yep. um, and it just grew like crazy from there to the point where it's at now. So I mean, we definitely are uh are hard workers there's no doubt about that and yeah, there, there's a point in in the career where it changes and seems like it's easy but it takes a long time to get there yeah it does it's a it's a it's a long game you know you gotta play the long game on that you don't just mm-hmm. jump in That's and exactly it, right. it goes crazy next week i mean if it does go crazy next week oftentimes you don't know how to handle it yep so yeah and and the growth like mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of businesses get crippled by exponential growth. Yep. You know, they uh, like our business is growing to the point where it is hard to manage. Like it really is like we are growing so fast that it's like almost the point where we can't keep up. However, um, it's just regulated enough that we're able to keep up and thank God that uh, whenever I started this whole thing, I had um, I had a bunch of money put back from you know my personal funds, and I've had to pour them into the business. But it's all just because it's growing so fast. You know, you have to dump all your money into it while you can and, and grow it large as possible. You know, so it, you know gives you a good return in the long run. Yeah. Yep. I think Ian's got some. Uh, well, actually, we're going to start off with your shop. So you are Jake Berkey. Yes. And you own Busted Knuckle Off-Road, and you're in Coleman, Alabama. Is that right? That's right. Yep. Cool. Yep. So, Jake, how did – so we'll just go way back. So we know the story of Matt getting a video of you rolling your Jeep, and that kind of kicked off, you know, you guys' relationship and kind of your um, getting into the industry as far as, like, starting your shop. Is that right? Um, sort of, yeah. So, like, you know – Matt and I met back when, um, back before that, but like we, okay. we really started kind of hanging out whenever I rolled my Jeep and, you know, uh, came down on the, on the grill right there at his feet. And the video was just one of those good videos. That was a short clip. Um, it, it was, it was radical at the time, you know, a Jeep flipped over and, you know, it was one of the first videos that kind of got captured and put out there. And I don't want to say it was one of the first videos, but it was, it was a very, a very good video because it was short. It had good camera yeah. angles and it ended up just spreading like wildfire. And next thing you know, like Matt and I are hanging out, we're going to parks together and we ended up kind of starting up this whole thing together. But both of us had full-time jobs. Like we were both working at construction places. He was an engineer. I was an engineer and you know, we both hated our job and we just had the mutual hate our job and love off road mentality. And, um, both of us were just entrepreneurs at heart. We both knew that we wanted to do something different and we both knew that it was just a matter of time before we made everything click. And he quit his job before I did mine. He, he quit his job, um, a few years before I did and oh, wow. started doing it full time. 
and uh, kind of grew the brand to the point where, you know, it had a lot of brand recognition. And then uh, we spoke, you know, about me quitting my job. And every day he'd call me and be like, hey, have you quit your job yet? Sending me pictures of him on the lake and stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, you know, it definitely uh, he definitely sold it to be a lot uh, a lot more free time. than Yeah, what it really uh-huh. is. <laughs> yeah I was going to say he didn't he didn't send you that photo or that, uh, vid, you know, didn't send you a text or a photo at three o'clock in the morning. when he was sitting there right. racking his brain about editing video. He didn't send you that one. Right. Did he? <laughs> yeah, sleeping, sleeping in the truck on the side of the interstate, going uh-huh. to an event, you know, like it's it's a lot more different than what I had been advertised. But I, I wouldn't take it back for anything. You know, Matt is uh, is definitely been a huge reason why I was able to follow the career path. But, yeah, when I left my job, I had basically known that I was going to quit for a while. So I started putting back a lot of money, knowing that I was going to quit and then have to have some money to fall back on so that I could start up this, uh, you know, this company or whatever. So um, we ended up I I quit and uh, came down here and started working full time. um, And and I was in Augusta, Georgia, and I had a tiny little shop and we knew that we needed to get into the same building to take things to the next level. So we started looking in um, in the Coleman area. Uh, we wanted something that was close to the interstate, but not too far away from Matt in the heart of off-roading. And we literally found a place that's five miles from an off-road park called Stony Lonesome. We're made right on the main road, big building right up here on top of the hill. You can't miss us. We moved in and things just started clicking, man. And we've been growing like crazy ever since. That's awesome true a true success story right there like yeah it yeah. just it just fell into place you know once you lay the cards out you know but you set yourself mm-hmm. up for that kind of luck you know you knew what to do you knew to put money back to set yourself up for that day so yeah that's pretty a lot awesome. of people a lot of people get talked into taking that type of jump and they don't actually have enough business sense to yeah. to do the things they've got to do to make it work and and unfortunately they end up failing or, or you know they've got you know they've got too much dragging them down to be able to really make something work. Like I was blessed. I, you know, I don't want to say I'm blessed with this, but I, I don't have any kids. I don't, I didn't have anything holding me back. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any houses that I owned everything that I had, I paid cash for. Um, and then I had like a very good position to start with because man, we lost $60,000 from fraud, like within our first couple months, oh, wow. um, our website, our website was, um, doing really well. And all of a sudden one month, we just had an amazing month. And uh, we're shipping stuff out. We're like high-fiving each other like, man, this is great. And uh, come to find out the cards that were used on our website were used with stolen credit cards. And we had to give all the money back to the people who – who basically had the money stolen from them. So we shipped the product to, you know, whoever, Uh and the the credit cards were stolen. Um, Uh, So we we lost all the money plus all the inventory. And um, then we had to pay penalties, which is crazy. And, you know, that would have, that would have crippled a lot of people. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. You know what I mean? $60,000, you know, you don't plan to lose $60,000 in a month. Nobody does, you know, and exactly. And it was one of those things where, (laughs) right, right. It it was, it was a, it was a very sobering moment for us, but you know, being able to reach into my bank account where I had been stashing money for the last seven years, you know, every paycheck, I just took a little bit of it and I put it into a savings and a little bit into a savings and I didn't touch it. I didn't buy a new truck. I didn't buy new cell phones. I didn't buy all this crap. I just saved it. And by God, when it hit, I had the money to keep floating. And, um, and you know, a lot of people just, they, they can't do that. They try to make that jump 
and they've got a lot of stuff holding them back and it just ends up uh, crippling them. So we're, we're very blessed with the things we have. We've had some really good clients and stuff and it's been, it's been very good for us. Yeah. That's truly an awesome story. And you know, we're not a business podcast by any means, but really this is, this is the information that people need to hear. Somebody wants to make that leap to that, to going full-time into their own profession or, or being an entrepreneur, mm-hmm. you know, you need to set that money back and be ready for that. Oh yeah. You know, oh, yeah. But, dude, I it's can so cool promise though. you yeah. from, from doing it, it you know, I looked at every business owner out there whenever I had a full-time job and thought, man, they've got it made. Look at the <laughs> stuff they have and everything else. Like this guy has got it going. I'm telling you, like it is, it is way harder than I could have ever imagined. And yep. there's way more responsibility than I could have ever imagined. Way more hours that you end up using out of your day that you never thought that you, you, you just, people, unless they've done it, have no concept of what it takes. Right. It's uh it's unbelievable. Really. There is no shutting the door and locking it. Yeah. Like, no, no, it no. Never, that doesn't happen. You may think no, that happens no. until your phone rings and it's a customer like, Hey, can you schedule this? Like, dude, it's nine 30 yeah. at night. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I mean, so Memorial day this past year, I know we, we sent out a product to a guy. It was tire vulcanizing. You still selling it? I cannot sell it. No, um, man. <laughs> we, we had a very good product. Uh, we actually, man, like the lawyers in, in America, they, they, they blow my mind sometimes, but uh, <laughs> yep. they said yes. that we could not sell it. Like I was sitting here at my shop and, and guys with suits came in and they sat me down. They're lawyers from the company that we bought this stuff from. Mm-hmm. And they said, they gave me a cease and desist letter. Wow. that was like legit. Right. They said, if somebody was to install it into their car that was going down the highway yep. and they had a blowout and they were to wreck, even though the product wasn't designed for that, yep. and we could put labels all over it saying you're not allowed to go more than 30 miles an hour, yada, yada. He, they said there's nothing that can protect us from being sued. So oh, therefore, we don't want the liability and we're no longer selling to you. And if you even say where you got it from, we'll sue you. Wow. I was like, holy crap, you know, and this is all in letter. Like, I mean, I've got three grown, grown men sitting here with white hair and suits telling me that they're going to sue me if I sell it again. Moving on. Moving on. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah. That's a crazy story, but dude, yeah, it's crazy. So, but you don't want that anymore, but yeah, no. And it's just not worth it for, you know, business liability. We're just not worth it. But yeah. Anyway, so that was, that was part of the story was that, I got, I'm out, it's Memorial Day. It's Monday, Memorial Day, right? I'm out on the lake like everybody else in the, in the you know, free world. And we're out enjoying, enjoying life and just hanging out and everything else. And, uh, you know, I have no cell phone service either way, but we get back to the dock. My cell phone dings a couple of times. I look down. It's some Facebook stuff. People have tagged me. And I go on there and this guy is bashing us because he texts us, like on our business page on Memorial day <laughs> stating that he was having problems with his tire vulcanizing compound setting up. Right. And, um, and that we're terrible business people cause we're not answering him and all this crap. And, uh, and it was Memorial day. It just blew my mind. Yeah. But anyways, um, you know, it ended up being that there's directions that come with it and he didn't follow the directions. And we, right. we tried to work with him a little bit. And um, we, we think that maybe he could have potentially had a, a bad product or, or something. He got it to work, but it ended up being that um, it was a little bit different than the way that we normally do it. But right. regardless, man, people yeah. don't realize, like you said, it's it's a 24 hour job. It sure is. Well, yep. social media, I think, oh, gives you yeah. that access that you expect and people don't like people have lives like right. I want to go home. And e- even if you don't want to go home and talk, you know, hang out with your kids or whatever, you don't have kids. 
I want to go home and stare at a TV for 10 minutes out of my day to like <laughs> unwind after working, you know, right. and it's, right. but social media, it's just nothing to, you know, kick a message right. or a text. And I want an immediate response. I'm like, man, it doesn't work that way. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. good at my phone. So when people text me, it's a pretty quick response, but my wife doesn't like that so much. She's like, you're always on your phone. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm addicted. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, it's, for us, it's, it's a, it's a thing that, you know, it, yeah. it comes with the territory, you know, yeah. everybody, everybody on the internet is an expert at everything, even if they have never done it before. Hell yeah, and, they are. Uh, so <laughs> it's a, ble- it's a blessing and a curse. You know, we got a lot of exposure, but with that exposure comes the trolls right. and, um, you know, the trolls can be pretty unbearing at times, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't change it because otherwise, you know, the alternative is not no exposure and right. that doesn't work either. You know, yeah. haters going to hate. Cool. We're going to move on to our next topic, which is Ian's favorite. Oh and boy. he's got all the questions for you. So I hope you're ready to talk about them. there, 14 bolt stuffs. You know anything okay. about yeah, those? Sure. Oh man, we've done a couple. Yeah. <laughs> One or two, man. Yep. I, heard I, of I them. would say that I've, I, I don't know if I'd call myself an expert, but I'm about as close as you get. I'm going to, I'm going to dub a new term of Mr. 14 bolt. I hope Ooh. that sticks because it sounds <laughs> good. Work. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that'll work. That'll work. So back in the day, a few years back, um, the 14-bolt steer axle wasn't really a big thing. And Mm -hmm. um, the Dana 60, you know, everybody, oh, put your Dana 60, you'd put some shafts, you know, this, that, and the other. Um, I always thought the fab part behind, like, just the the concept of taking a rear axle and making a steer axle while it was cool. Mm -hmm. And, uh, of course, didn't have the ability at that time to do it, so you just kind of watch the internet happen. And... um, I would say now we were kind of discussing it earlier that if you want to build like a legit built Dana 60 for a buggy, you'd almost spend more money than a 14 bolt steer. Yeah. Really all that you're going to get when you go and you buy a Dana 60 like that is you're going to get the housing and the seeds and the knuckles that are factory. And if you get the Chevrolet stuff, it's a little bit stronger than the Ford stuff. Um, but it's got a few downfalls here and there. And then like, you know, you're still stuck with that Dana 60 ring and pinion gear. So, you know, the, the ring and pinion gear on the Chevrolet is terrible, but the outers are better than a Ford. So the ring and pinion on a Ford is better than the Chevrolet, but you don't get the, the stronger, uh, the stronger outers. So it's kind of like one of those things where in order to build something that's going to put up with the abuse, if you sit down with paper and, and pick out the components that are the ones that are going to last and going to work well, you're honestly better doing a 14 bolt. Yep. I don't, I don't know that you'd spend more or less money, but it's in the same ballpark within, you know, a couple hundred dollars for sure. Yep. And that's where, I mean, I look at it now cause I built a 14 bolt steer for the front of my buggy and I, I, I cut some price corners that I regret doing, but it's one of those live and learn, uh, work with what you had kind of thing at the time. Um, but at the same time, it's a very interesting project to learn and kind of build. And I built it off of a normal stock 60, you know, specs as far as measurements for housing with and everything. Um, but it's just a neat, neat concept. And I, I don't know, it's exciting to see people push that 14 bolt steer in the direction that you're pushing it. Yeah, we actually did 27 14 bolts in the month of November. Um, and then we did another 15 or so in December going into January because with the holidays, it was kind of a weird deal, but we still had a bunch. And uh, this past month, um, we did like another 12 or something there. It's just amazing the volume that we're doing. But one of the things that we've been very, very successful with is that we document stuff. So 
when we build a 14 bolt for a customer, we document everything that it took to build that 14 bolt. So I can tell you the exact shaft length. I can tell you the exact tube length. I can tell you the exact wheel mounting surface for all these different combinations, whether you're using super duty outers or using kingpin outers, whether you're using, you know, whatever shaft you're using, driver side drop, passenger side drop. And the cool thing about that is it helps our process get very streamlined. So for instance, if, if we're going to build a guy a 14 bolt and it's going to be a steer axle, I can, before I even start, the day you place the order, I can place the order for the axle shafts, whereas most guys can't do that. Yep. And I place the order for the axle shafts, and they're usually a couple weeks out or whatever, and I can finish up the 14 bolt and save a, a bunch of time because I've streamlined the process. So we've been very successful with that, and using factory axle shafts is another really big thing. A, a 14 bolt had 30 spline inners. Well, we've got custom spools that are 35 spines, so you can run a factory axle shaft from a Dana 60. So now you take the custom axle shaft out of it, and you can get a Yukon shaft or a CTM or Superior, whatever. You can get an RCV, and I can build a housing that will fit those axle shafts based on the length that you want. And we might use a different combination of inner axle shafts. You might have a 78 model Ford Snowfighter, you know, short side, and then a 05 up Super Duty long side with, you know, Chevrolet outers. And you can buy those anywhere. So that's one so, thing I wanted to ask about because um, I'm really intrigued by this because you just came out with that. I don't even want to say just, but here recently, um, mm -hmm. the using the stock, you know, setting it up to where guys, I think I've seen a couple where guys literally will unbolt their Dana 60 and for lack of better terms, bolt back in their steer 14 with their axle yeah. shafts. And that was the thing. So when you say stock axle shafts, obviously there's different. Dana 60 inner shaft options, but so that's okay. So that makes a little bit more clear on what, what you're using there then. Yeah. And we, and we have a ton of different ones that we have options for. So like what you're talking about, a guy who has, let's say, like you said at the beginning of the podcast, a Dana 60 was awesome a couple of years ago. So a guy's got a Dana 60 low pinion. He's put, you know, all the high dollar stuff on it. He's got these, you know, 300 M axle shafts, you know, and he's got all this stuff into that Dana 60, and now he's realizing that, you know, the ring and pinion is really the part that breaks a lot, you know, and, and there's not a great upgrade. There's like some Jana 70 upgrades and stuff, and they just, they're nice, but they just, they're not 14 bolt strong. So the guy's like, man, you know, I, I, I want to build a 14 bolt, but a custom 14 bolt is like $8,000, right? Yep. That's not correct. I can build you a custom 14 bolt to reuse the axle shafts that you currently have in your buggy for about $1,500. And you wow. can literally take, that's the spool, that's the C's, that's the housing, that's the diff cover, you know, and I can literally get it to your door. And all you have to do is just unbolt your Dana 60, whatever you had to do, like your axle truss or whatever, copy that over to your 14 bolt, slide your 14 bolt in there, put all your brackets and tabs back on, slide your axle shafts and go pull with them. My, my mind is blown. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> and all that was because we we were able to document, you know, basically yeah. we were able to build these things and document what it took. And now I can produce that housing in about four days. So I get the order in, I could honestly build it in a, in, in one day, but it takes about two or three days before I clear out the orders that are in front of it. And then I can go to my guy in the shop and say, Hey, I need two tubes cut. They're this length. This one's going to get milled down to this diameter. This one's going to get, you know, milled down to this diameter. Um, you know, put the axle seals in there, press it into the housing, you know, weld it up where it's at the door on a pallet, like no time. That is insane to me that because, I mean, 
coming from 10 years ago when you wanted a custom full fab. I don't want to call that a full fab axle, but I mean, essentially you're taking a center section, welding shit up certain lengths. So it's pretty heavily involved in a less than a week ship. That's insane. Yeah. And, and not only that, but you're not running a 30 spline inner a 30 spline and a 35 spline, 14 bolt and Dana 60 shaft are the same diameter. They just have a different spline. One's coarser than the other. So you get 30 splines instead of 35 splines, but there's both inch and a half diameter. There's no shaft upgrade, uh, go into a 14 bolt. It's, it's the shafts are the same as a Dana 60 until you go 40 spline, obviously. But the cool thing about that is, is that, you know, before, you had to have custom axle shafts because there was never a steering Dana 60 that had 30 spine axle shafts. Now that we have a 35 spline spool available, whenever we build these things, we can use any axle shaft from a Dana 60 from any year that was on the market. So now I've got a database that has every length axle shaft for every single thing that's ever been made from a Dana 60. And it's uh, Chevrolet, Ford, Dodge, whatever, all the way up to 2018. Wow. And I can go through there and I can, huh. I know where the spool sits in the housing. And if you tell me you want it 72 inches wide and it's a driver's side drop, I can come up with the axle combination that gives you those parameters. Yep. I'm speechless. <laughs> That's not good it's, for a podcast. No. I, uh, well, I'm sitting yeah, at the point now where I'm sitting with my housing. I got it all done, everything. I've got stock outers um, and I got to go get some custom shafts cut. And that's the like, you know, um, I don't want to say the downside to it, but that's the downside to it. And so if you're, yep. you're saying you can use a stock shaft or you just call up, order it, not to mention if you want to be one of those people that wants to go price shop axle shafts on whatever you're using a stock shaft. That exactly. That so you could mind. use a, like I said, Yukon, you could use nitro, you could use CTM, you could use whatever, you know, and, and it's all factory length and nine out of 10 times there's plenty of them on the shelf. How many, you know, you call up RCV and you say, Hey man, I need an axle shaft for a 1978 Ford Snowfighter. They're going to have one on the shelf. And you've just taken your project from a lead time of, you know, however many months to get your axle shaft in to they'll be there on Monday and it's Friday. Yeah. And not only that, if you break one, you're not custom ordering another set of axle shafts and waiting for a warranty and getting them all recut. So you can literally break an axle shaft and say, hey, guys, I broke an axle shaft. They say no problem whatsoever, and they you know, warranty out your axle shaft, and you have it in three days. You're back four-wheeling next weekend. Great. That's my, I'm, again, I'm kind of this, just mind-blown. This goes right back to the radiator discussion we had on episode 10. Yeah. Where you know, if you buy something that's a stock part or essentially a stock part fits in a stock hole, you know, you just go to the parts store and just pick it up. You don't have to yep. custom order this stuff. That yep. is so and that's that's a awesome. reason why I believe that I believe that rock bouncers have had a very rough go at it. There's a lot of very high quality manufacturers out there, and there is a whole lot of shitty ones. And when you get one of those products from one of these manufacturers who are just cobbling stuff together in their basement and it's and it's a rock bouncer or something, and you break something you are going to have to custom fabricate it. It takes time away from your family. It takes time away yep. from your kid's ball game. It takes time away from work. Um, there's so many different things that it hurts whenever you have that scenario. And, you know, that's why I think that like the Polaris razor is so popular. You break something, hell, you can buy the parts on eBay yep. and, you know, and Amazon, you send it to your house and then you just bolt it on. It takes you 45 minutes instead of here you are, you know, you broke an axle shaft with a custom 14 bolt. You got the whole thing torn apart. You send it out you're waiting for three months to go riding again yep. so <laughs> and your season's over a, 
<laughs> exactly. And, and having exactly and you're paying for expediting fees and everything uh-huh. else, you know, next day arrow and, and having an axle that you can put a factory axle shaft into um, and not have to sit here and custom order all this stuff is just golden. And it's, it's the way that uh, it's the way the industry really has to go to be successful. I, I feel like so um it's it's uh gonna be really important to uh, to get there and, and we're trying to do it like our chassis they're all the same and when i say they're all the same <laughs> dimensionally they are all the same yeah. they they all look different they all have different fronts on them they've got different engine cages and ceilings and backs but all the four link points are the exact same i know that you know when we're putting this thing together that it's going to work i can do a single piece dry shaft i know that all my clearances are where they're supposed to be and by god they work you know this past weekend we got first place that buggy's that buggy's podiumed a bunch of times and we've had a lot of success out of our buggies um and it's because we you know we i don't want to say standardized but we standardized you yeah, know we, we basically you, made it so that each vehicle isn't a custom one-off built it, right. it is to a certain extent and it isn't to a certain extent you know yeah but you've taken and you've built a buggy and instead of keep changing the entire buggy you just kept refining it until you've got it to where you like where it works and it just works and that's just unbelievable exactly yeah and we've the you know been uh following you for a little bit and seeing some of your new stuff that you're coming out with and doing your um, where you said that you guys document everything that you do and that you, you put all that stuff down. So if somebody buys one of these chassis from you and bends a tube that they can just call you up and order one and literally that just you blows can call my me mind up and order one tube, one Absolutely. tube off of your chassis, yep. your custom, your yep. custom built buggy. Like, yeah, one yep. tube, just, just send it to me. I'll have a shot, throw it in there. Like, and that's, that's what's amazing is that, you know, if you look on our chassis, uh, the ones that we've been building in the last, uh, probably six, seven months, mm-hmm. um, the chassis have a laser engraved, uh, it's not actually a laser. It's like a drag etch, but they're etched mm-hmm. and it has a part number on that bar. And on, if you look at it, bar? it's each bar has wow. a part number and that part number corresponds <laughs> to whatever. So if you roll your buggy and you land on it, you can't see it after powder coat, but yeah. you can just call me up and say, Hey, I, I rolled my buggy and I, I, you know, landed on this bar back here. And I can go to my book and I can look down and say, that's a number 52. That's part number 52. Go to the CNC machine, cut out bar number 52, pre-notched, ready to go. Send it to you. All you got to do is cut that bar out, grind the welds down, put the new one in there, weld it up, and you're on your way. Well, but if I didn't want to build a new buggy, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> wow. It's, build a buggy. I'm going to buy takes, a buggy. Yeah. The one and yeah. done. And, and, you know, you you get a lot of people that, that uh you know they really go out of their way to build some really custom stuff they want their buggy to be so different than everybody else Mm -hmm. and like i get that man like i get that whole i want it to be different than everybody else and i want it to be crazy and all this stuff that's just expensive it is and then the problems that go with it it's not that we have problems with our buggies our buggies have been doing great we have had very very few problems with our buggies but the, the issue is if you do have a problem with your buggy, that buggy was built like nothing else. Yeah. So you are going to go into the shop and you're going to get out your grinder and your welder and your mill and your lathe or whatever it takes. And you're going to have to literally go through and build another custom one-off part because that chassis or that vehicle was built with that custom one-off part. Yep. And that type of fabrication takes so many times longer and so much more time, effort, and materials than it does to call and get one shipped to you and just install it. Yeah. Well, the worst part with that is 
you say, oh, I want to, you know, make another part. Okay, that's great. Until it's like your suspension mounting and you want to change your four link mounting location because your suspension doesn't work worth a shit. Well, the problem is it's not really even, it's not even as easy. I say easy and laugh, but it's not as easy to bust out the lathe and all this stuff to change something part wise as it is to now your whole chassis pretty much needs redesigned the third right. time you've taken your buggy out. <laughs> yeah, that's, and, that's, and this is, you guys have hit on an, a, a really awesome topic that I, I try to explain to people. And I feel like that they just, they, they don't listen because they don't understand. Um, but it's a very, very important topic. When you go out and you're looking for your chassis for your vehicle, like you're going to build a rock bouncer and you're going out and you're looking for a chassis and you see all these guys that have these buggies that are for sale that are super cheap. And you just can't understand why the, the ones that people are putting out are, are more expensive. You know what I mean? Or, you know, you're, you're trying to buy a chassis and you find one that's $3,500 and then you don't understand why busted knuckles are 52 or whatever. It, there's a reason people are getting rid of those chassis because they bought it and they spent six months in the shop trying to make it work and realize that they're better off starting over. They're offloading it and poor whoever is coming in and buying it and going through the same process. And that's why these buggies are so, so cheap because there's a lot of guys who are out there building these things that just simply don't know what they're doing. Yeah. And the, the information's not out there and it's, there's the sport's still pretty young mm-hmm. and the suspension geometry that goes into these things to make them work properly. Like you were saying, is just something that seems so foreign to people. Um, and I get it, you know, it really is. It's a difficult concept and there's a lot that goes into building a properly designed four link system for a buggy. That's going to work. That's going to keep your drive shaft from binding, keep your shocks from slapping the side of the chassis and snapping the shock shafts and all that stuff that goes into it is something that if you get a quality manufacturer, I'm telling you, man, it's, it's worth its weight in gold when you go to put this thing together and by God, it works the first time and you're not redoing it four times, you save $1,500 because you got it from this other place or, you know, some guy selling his chassis and you go on, you know, rock crawling classifieds and buy it. And you don't realize what you're buying is a problem. And it's going to cost you way more money than if you spend it on a decent, good chassis. That's got the right geometry the first time. Well, and that's one thing I'm, you know, looking at with my 14 bolt is like I said, it was a very good learning experience on, you know, from the fab side of how to do things. Um, there's just certain things that you learn after you've done it that you've, uh, would do differently the second time. And and I think honestly, anybody who's been in this sport hobby, whatever you want to call it to yourself for more than like, I don't know, two weeks, has <laughs> they've gone through that you've everybody yep. started out somewhere whether you started out with a with a stock jeep a full-size truck i don't know we've talked about our starts on the podcast before we've got a little For insight sure. on where you started with you weren't out rock bouncing you know two hundred thousand dollar buggies on your second day out right yeah you, you start with that in initial like i'm gonna start here and you work your way up if you work within mm-hmm. your budget constraints you work with what you can afford and maybe take a little less time to save a little money like you were talking with your business startup money take a hundred dollars out of every paycheck put it in a savings account next thing you know you can buy a busted knuckle buggy yep two years right. from now <clears throat> exactly and, and you don't and the way i look at it is you don't have to have all the bells and whistles. You don't have to pay for a $200,000 buggy, but you can't build a good house unless it's on a good foundation. And you can't build a good rock bouncer unless it has a good foundation. Yep. And the foundation is the chassis. 
that's really what it boils down to is, is, is there is so much thought and effort into making sure that all those points are in the right spot and that the, the steering works properly and that the suspension is going to work properly. And, and, and I just think that that is a very, very good place to start. If you're going to build a buggy is just get a, a designed fabricated chassis from somebody who's reputable and um and just go from there and then you can save money by you know maybe you get a junkyard six liter and slap it in there no shame in that game i ran a twelve hundred dollar you know van ly6 for the longest time and i'm telling you i blew it up on purpose because i thought it was funny sometimes and yeah. just go get another one for 800 bucks and slap it in there and yep. just keep on going you know so that you can cut corners in uh, many different other places but i just feel like the chassis is not one because there's so right. much that's involved in making that chassis right you know here's my th um so with these the newer chassis that you guys are looking at like putting out these modular style chassis i i guess i call it modular but these mm -hmm. chassis that you are able to just call up and buy a part for um you were saying that there's a baseline price on those and my question is you say without getting all the bells and whistles so can i buy a box stock you know as cheap as i can possibly get it from you where it has just the essentials and then over time i can upgrade Absolutely. To the bigger parts. It's, Absolutely. It's modular in that sense. Yes. Yes. Awesome. And what's really cool about it is you can, you know, you can spend an entire Saturday or Sunday in your garage fabricating the shock mounts for the trailing arms back in the back of the chassis, um, you know, and save yourself. I, I don't know what the price point is on those off the top of my head, but I want to say it's like 86 bucks or something like that. <laughs> or you can go to work for a day and, you know, just spend 86 bucks and I can ship you a set of shock brackets. that will go on that chassis and weld out and you're done in 45 minutes. Yep. So it just depends on what's, what's important to you as the customer. And we want to be able to, uh, you know, basically tailor our business to help those people out in no matter which scenario. If you're the guy who wants to just buy it and go, then, uh, you know, we've got that package. If you're the type of person who wants to pay for a chassis and then work for a couple months, then turn around and buy all the shocks and the suspension, then we can do that, you know, and yeah. you can build it over the course of time. Right. Um, so, you know, it just, it, we can definitely do different packages. We love rollers. That's our favorite thing to do. <laughs> and I'll tell you because, People have no idea what it takes to plumb, wire, tear one down, oh powder coat it, put it all back together. There are so many man hours that's associated with that. And if I charged people what we actually have in man hours, the buggies would be unaffordable. So we lose our ass in the last portion of every build when we're trying to get one of these things out. Um, so yeah, hopefully everybody just buys rollers from here on out because that's the perfect <laughs> scenario for us. Like right when it gets to the part where everybody doesn't realize how much work it takes, we shift it off and then let somebody else spend their time on it. You know? Yep. Yeah. But the thing is, is that a lot of us enthusiasts out here, we want that. Like, Right. Just like manufacturers of like a Cadillac or something like that, you see some of the parts in these in these cars you get from Chevy or GMC, Ford, whatever, and you're like, why do they use such a cheap part? Because, dude, they're making mm -hmm. millions of these things. Like, they're throwing them out the door, you know? It's a big deal for them to spend $100 on that part, but the end user to spend $500 on this part so it works right every time, it's not that big a deal. You know what right. I mean? Makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. so Absolutely. some guys some guys want that. They want that ability to to fab either their trailing arms at home so they can say, I built that. Like, yeah, I bought the chassis, but I built the trailing arms. You know, mm -hmm. and Absolutely. so like there's, you guys are making it awesome where there's a level for everybody. Somebody yeah. wants a turnkey buggy. We got that. Somebody wants a start so they can do their own fabrication at home and enjoy the fabrication aspect of this. We got that. It's really yeah. awesome what you guys are doing in the industry for the bouncers. We are trying like crazy to, to reach every client that's out there. You know, we've got clients that literally 
are not even in this country that come down and basically write us a blank check and say, we want whatever you design it. We don't want any input. The only input that they've had is the color and literally everything else was, you know, the Italian job was one of them. It was just yeah. like, you know, this customer called up and we tried to make it kind of radical with just based by his, his pictures on Facebook, never even met the guy. And we're building them this crazy buggy. We've got other guys that do the same thing. And then we've got the everyman who's, who really wants to kind of do it themselves, maybe save a little bit of money here and there because, you know, you know, maybe they've got a, a, a drivetrain that they have in mind for using that was given to them or come out of another vehicle or whatever. You can do that. There, that's what's cool about our, our platform is that in a sense it is modular and you can usually with, you know, there's, there's obviously some scenarios that you would be very difficult to make work with one of our chassis, but, uh, for the most part, you can, you know, just be creative and come up with your own canvas. But I feel like regardless of if you're that type of person or not, you have to have a good foundation. And there's so much that goes into a good chassis Two chassis that look similar does not mean that they're the same. There is so much that goes into the, like I said, geometry and, and getting the suspension right and making sure that the drivetrain is mounted in the right place, that the four link doesn't hit and all this stuff. Um, and, and because of that, we have our YouTube series too. Like we've got a rock rods tech tip stuff where like I go into depth on how to build a four link system. Um, so, you know, it, it, anti-squat, Dude. what it takes to do that hydraulic steering and what it takes to do that. And that stuff is, <laughs> the, is the funny part about this is right, you Jake, can't see you. this, but we yeah. got to pause this because <laughs> I can't even make this up. Literally. That's the next topic on the notes page. <laughs> yes. And I literally just pulled it up on YouTube to, to, to investigate more info. I see. That was, that I, was you awesome. were so seamless <laughs> at jumping from one topic to the next, like, it's like you're looking at our notes we have, and it's this is nothing like any of your other uh, interviews that I've heard. But it's just, we're like, I don't know, it's oh, just working well. That was awesome. So that's good, man. <laughs> I was going to ask good. about your rock rods uh, tech tips. Yeah. is that is that a series you guys are still doing? Yes, absolutely. Okay. And okay. what's crazy is the whole entire first part of this podcast about building 14 volts. We have uh-huh. a tech tip video coming out that's uh-huh. all about how to build 14 volts. There you and, go. Um, and we've got it like 90% shot. And uh, basically the last thing that we left off with was I welded up the plug welds on this axle. And the, the thing that sucked is like I told this customer, man, I'm going to ship your axle on Friday. Well, we're filming, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So Friday comes along and I'm like, man, I can't wait for Matt to get here. This thing has to get on a pallet and get shipped out today. (laughs) So we ended up sticking it on a pallet and shipping the axle out. So when the video starts back up after the plug wells, it's going to be a different axle. Different axle. We're trying to wait. <laughs> we're trying to wait until we get one that looks the same. So it's not like, well, you know hey, what? man, that's a different axle. You know? uh, Ian needs one. So why don't I'm, you just go ahead and whip one up for yeah. him real quick and finish out that video. <laughs> just exactly. ship it out. be fine. Yep. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's funny because, you know, it, it's, it's, it's so, I think that that video is going to get a ton of hits because oh, yeah. a 14 volts is like the staple of a rock bouncer. Mm-hmm. It really is. Like when you think about a rock bouncer, you think a high horsepower and axles that can just take the abuse. Yeah. And like, that's the 14 volts, you know, like, uh, it's just, it's, it's the best bang for the buck. You can build a 14 volt for cheaper than you can build an 80 or, you know, similar to a 60 and, Parts are getting there. They're getting more and more plentiful. And we've got manufacturers that now that we're buying so many parts, they're working with us on better designs. And we're coming up with really cool ways to make the 60 outers and 14 volt center section a better unit. 
Um, and, and we've got a lot of uh, tricks up our sleeves, but yeah, the rock rod stuff, man, that's, that's all built because our philosophy is that we want to grow the off-road industry because we love it. We've been in it since we could, you know, since we originated here. I mean, I, I was 15, 16 years old. I went four wheeling every single day. So did Matt. And, uh, we just want to educate people so that they're making the right decision and they have a better experience off-roading. And I feel like a lot of people go out they save a couple thousand dollars and they buy a crappy chassis and then the rest is history because they are fighting with this thing and it never quite works right their geometry is all boogered and they end up getting pissed off and then they leave and we've lost an entire person out of the off-road industry instead of giving them a good experience and they stay in the off-road industry and they tell their friends and then they get in the off-road industry. Next thing you know, we're growing the off-road industry. And that's part of the Rock Rods Tech Tips. We want to educate people so that they know what decisions to make when they're building the rigs. Well, that leads me right into the next uh, question that I have that's rather personalized. It's for me. This is me picking your brain. Right. <laughs> and yeah, no it's a uh, it's anti-dive, anti-squat. So I'll give you a okay. quick, quick little rundown. Currently, I've got a 95 Jeep Cherokee. Um, okay. It's on like a Rusty's long arm kit currently. And uh, okay. so it's, it's radius arms. And I've got three and a half inch coils up front. I don't have coilovers or anything yet. But um, one of the things I'm having right now is when I get up on a hill and start spinning the tires or anything like that, I get axle hop in the front end. Now, as I understand, that's okay. from the radius arms. That's kind of like an inherent thing of the radius arms. Does that sound is that am I reading that right? Yeah. So, but there's a couple, there's so many things that can cause uh-huh. axle wrap. So just, just labeling it as, you know, it's an inherent thing with radius arms. I don't think it's fair. So, so for instance, okay. If your shocks have a lot of free bleed, which means that there's a hole drilled in the shock between the compression side and rebound side, it makes it feel amazing whenever you're hitting small bumps because the shock moves mm-hmm. without having any resistance for a short period of time until the oil can't go through the hole fast enough and it starts making the shims worse. They call that free bleed, right? Okay. If you've got a ton of free bleed and you get up on an ag- uh, on a ledge and there's not very much weight and you start hitting the gas, mm-hmm. that free bleed is going to allow that axle just to shudder back and forth, up and down very, very rapidly, and you know it causes that. Mm-hmm. Um, you could have a U-joint thing where a lot of guys, like if you're spooled and you don't have your U-joints phased in the front, meaning that the – the driver's side U-joint is directly in line on its axis with the passenger side U-joint. And you start turning the tires and getting onto it. The the Basically, one side has to speed up and slow down at a different uh, frequency than the other side, and it'll cause axle wrap. Um, <laughs> you could have... You could have a beadlock wheel that's bolted down and mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily have um, a perfectly concentric seal on the ring. And, you know, you don't notice it driving because the tire gets flattened as you go. But once you're light on the front end and you hit the gas, now that one spot in the tire that's not perfectly round is slapping the ground and you get axle wrap. So it's not specifically inherent to one suspension design, but I can tell you that increased anti-dive in the front tends to try to pull the suspension down mm-hmm. and that will generally help with anti anti or uh, with with axle hop so anti dive in the front helps to pull the front end down keeps the weight in the front and mechanically you're stopping it under under throttle okay so i i've i've watched the the rock rods tech tips like three or four times on anti squat anti dive and like you just mm-hmm. it's so much information to take in 
I'm like, how do I even like? I need to stop the video, take a note, play the video. Well, that's take a note. That's how we get our views up. <laughs> <laughs> we put, Just come on back, like, bud. Uh, uh, that, that calls me the professor. You know, we got, got like a white suit and like a, like the, uh, the the hair and stuff like that from yep. uh, what's that guy's name? The Einstein hair and all. Uh-huh. He calls me the professor. But yeah, we get our views up because we we throw out so much information. You got to watch the view three times. Yeah, you, know, you, you watch, watch it. Yeah, exactly. One thing you got to get your friend in there to watch it again to help right, you out. Nope. I'm thinking about going to a three link on this particular vehicle. It's a street vehicle or it's planning to be a street vehicle as well as a trail rig. So I want to make it as streetable as possible. Um, it's got hydraulic assist, but it still has traditional um, steering linkage, steering and a track bar. So I'm wanting to go to a three link. Is there any um, numbers that are general that I need to keep in mind while putting a three link under that rig? Well, I think the number you need to keep in mind is four because I hate a three link with an absolute passion and I'm going to push you <laughs> to go to a four link because well, this think sucks. about everything that we're going to have to let you go, bud. We, <laughs> <laughs> everything that we just talked about, though, think about the anti-squat and how it works. Uh-huh. You've got a bar that goes to your chassis, right? And then you've got another bar that goes to your chassis. That's your upper and lower link bars. Yep. When you hit the gas, the tire's turning, it's pulling on run wa- one rod and it's pushing on the other. And what does that do? It either lifts the vehicle or doesn't lift the vehicle or whatever. With a three link, that only applies to one side of the vehicle. So Uh your anti-squat and anti-dive is only being applied to one side of the vehicle instead of both sides of the vehicle evenly. And one thing that when you're accelerating in forward motion, you really can't tell too much because your front axle would be anti-dive. And when you hit the gas, basically what happens is everything transfers to the rear, the front gets light, so therefore you don't have as much force to be able to move those components around. Put your vehicle in reverse and hit the gas, and a three-link will unload unbelievably. And that's one of the things that I hate about a three-link. If you're if you're trying to back up and, and you're hitting the gas one way, it'll actually like pull down, I guess you could say, and the other way it'll it'll like, you know like eject you because you're taking all that anti-dive and putting it on one side of the chassis. It puts a lot of stress on that one side of the chassis. Um, there's a bunch of reasons why I don't like them. Guys wheel with them all the time and they don't have any problems and they're, they're probably shaking their heads. Like I got a three link and everything's fine. And yeah. I'm, I'm not bashing them too bad. I mean, I really don't like it at all. <laughs> but, um, but my, my point is, is that you can get away with it. Uh, but it's not technically right. You know, yeah. the, the it's not as good link, as it could be. It's not as good as it could be, exactly. Yeah. Even though it works, if you're a creek crawler or you're just right. driving up some stuff, uh, once you get into the serious performance side of things, then the four-link is going to be king every time. Right. Now, on a four-link, so okay, so I was doing some research on four-links and stuff like that. Now, I can't do – can you do a triangulated four-link and a traditional um, linkage steering? Um, no. Well, no, actually, you really can't. I mean yeah. – Technically, you can, but it's you, not right again because yes. if you think about the way a four link is moving, it's um, linear. It's not moving in the same arc as mm-hmm. your traditional panhard bars type right. steering, you know. So, uh, your steering linkage going from the, you know, your pitman arm down to the tire is going to travel in an arc whenever the suspension goes up and down, right? Mm-hmm. Um, as long as you have a panhard bar that's on the same you know, plane is your drag link. Right. When your suspension goes down, it's going to move down into the left and back up into the right. And it moves in a beautiful arc that keeps your bump steer down. Yep. Well, a regular four link system goes straight up and down. And because the angle changes with your drag link, when your suspension goes down, it's either going to turn right or turn left. Yeah. 
Exactly. And that's why, I mean, the answer is, yeah, you can do it. Mm -hmm. And if you're creek crawling and driving, you probably won't notice it. Yeah. But when you start going fast and and you hit a little bit of a pivot in the road and the suspension goes up and down, it's going to turn left and right. Yeah. It's going to bump so bad. And that's terrifying. Amen to that. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. I had some, I had some wild geometry on my last setup where my track bar, my aunt, or yeah, my pan hard bar and my steering linkages were nowhere near anything of the same and i was like oh, oh it's yeah. fine like there's it's centered like it's good and i just didn't know i just didn't have the information back then and uh the bump steer was un- undrivable like it was terrible it oh it was just unreal and now since i've redone it i've lowered the vehicle down everything is parallel i think i've got maybe three degrees of rise between my uh between my high steer arm on the knuckle and the pitman arm where it mounts and okay. then the pan hard yeah. bar is just identical to that and that yep. thing, as long it, as they're on the same plane, it's, it's a huge smooth difference. Smooth as glass. It's unreal. Right. But awesome. yeah, yeah. Oh, it's, it's awesome now. So yeah, that's what I was kind of trying to figure out. I was just trying to figure out how to make, so if I do need to do a, a three link to stick with the setup that I'm trying to go with, um, I've heard people use the ratio of 25% of your tire needs to be your separation at your axle. I assume yeah, that goes and we'll talk well. about that just a little bit. Um, give me one second. The yeah. uh, Cobby is here. He's actually one of our newer guys, and um, I needed to grab him real quick. No problem. How's it going, man? How's it going? Yep, everything's good. I'm, I'm doing a podcast right now, so um, I'm going to keep on kind of doing this, but you can kind of mill around, check some stuff out, and I'll be with you here in a minute. Okay. okay. Yeah, we won't keep um, it too much longer, Jake. That's good. Um, so, yeah, when you were talking about um, – Oh, what were you talking about? Your, your <laughs> I forgot. What were you talking about? <laughs> Just in general, if somebody's building a four link or a three link um, and you want to get your numbers right, you want to try to have your numbers as best possible for your setup. Um, what are some good numbers to keep in mind as far as link separation at the frame, link separation at the axle? Okay. Things so like that. 25% of your tire diameter is a very general rule and okay. it's based on um, – and it's based on the average individual and, and the average four-wheeler and stuff. But mm-hmm. but basically what that does, so picture a vehicle from the side, and you're looking at it dead on with the side of the tires, okay? And you're going to take 25% of your tire diameter, and that's going to be your link separation. So your lower links are coming in right about the center of the axle tube, and your upper links are going to be 25% of the tire diameter. So if it's a 40-inch tall tire, you're talking about 10 inches higher, and you're going to be having those four-link bars up on top of your axle truss, okay? Mm -hmm. So what that – your upper bars, where they intersect in space, that creates a line, and that line is your roll axis, that roll axis determines whether or not your vehicle has a lot of body roll. And the reason we want 25% of the tire diameter is because as you increase tire diameter, you're going to increase the, the, you know, the, what is it? The center of gravity of your vehicle, Mm -hmm. right? So, so basically what we're doing is we're being proportionate. We're saying, you know, if you have a a 35 inch tall tire, then your roll center is going to be a little lower, but guess what? Your center of gravity is also lower because your, your vehicle is not as tall. And if you go to a 44-inch tall tire, now you have to increase the height of your upper link bars to, to manage the body roll. That's really what that's about. It's, it's about keeping your roll center where it needs to be and also controlling the amount of axle wrap. So one of the things that's really important is that roll centers are all based off of your 25% tire diameter. But like if we were going to go to an extreme and look at like our buggies – we're almost at 50% in the rear and we're running about 15% in the front. And what that does is if, again, you're looking at the vehicle from the side, right? Mm-hmm. 50% of the rear tire diameter is going to give you a whole lot taller 
axle uh, axle bridge on the back, right? And then in the front, it's going to be a whole lot shorter. So what does that do? That slopes our roll center from the back down towards the front. So now your roll center is not horizontal. It's actually sloping down. Wow. And that changes the way the vehicle operates based on how we roll that and pitch that line. So that's 25% is a very good number to shoot for. Mm-hmm. But there are a bunch of reasons why you yeah. may or may not change that to higher or lower. And packaging and we, one of them. Packaging is another yeah. thing. If you've got an engine in the front that's sitting really low, it's going to be really difficult to get your your hind joints up yeah. really high, right? Mm-hmm. So there's there's just a bunch of reasons why you may or may not be able to get to 25%. 25% is really based off of being able to get the roll center where it needs to go. So if you can't get to 25% and you're at 10% or something like that, it's not the end of the world. It's not just going to fold apart or anything like that. However, um, you know, the the farther away you get from 25%, especially going down, the more body roll that you're going to have. And that's the reason why we choose 25%. That's awesome. That's, that's something I didn't know beforehand. So that's pretty, Mm -hmm. that's pretty cool. Uh, one more question about that. And then we'll get off of that topic is what do you think about if I was going to do a four link on that setup, a um, parallel setup, like a parallel four link. Uh, Is that better? Well, so, so a, a parallel four link, mm-hmm. um, I wouldn't prop. So when I, when, when somebody says parallel four link, you got to be careful because looking at the side of the vehicle, yes. if your bars are parallel, mm-hmm. that's 0% anti-squat, right? Yeah. Okay. So, so when I look at a parallel four link bar, you're basically talking about a 0% anti-squat. What, what you could do is a traditional four link instead of what we call a yeah. parallel and a traditional four link means that your four link bars are on the same plane when viewed from the top. Yes, that's what I was referring and, to. Right. So yes. a traditional four link with a pan hard bar mm-hmm. is an excellent option. Okay. And then you can adjust your four link. Uh, you can adjust, you know, your, your pan hard bar keeps the axle centered. Uh-huh. And then your four link can still be adjusted for your roll center and anti-squat and anti-dive and all that stuff. Right. Cool. That's awesome. My mind is blown. <laughs> yet, yet again, Jake putting down so much information, you got to go back and listen to it again so that you can I, pick I, it all up. I'm trying to. I mean, I hope, hopefully, I'll, y'all, y'all put the podcast out and people have to you know listen to it three or four times because it'll get your ratings up, man. Perfect. We'll be like, what did he say? And start over again. <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got one more question for you that we don't want to forget. Yeah. It's, it's a very just, uh, just off the cuff, whatever you think, and that is tater tots or waffle fries. Oh, waffle fries, man. <laughs> that was easy. That was quick. <laughs> oh, yeah. We had like oh, a 35 man. Chick-fil-A. minutes. Oh. <laughs> Chick-fil-A you're a fan. Way, man. You're a fan of the Chick-fil-A. Oh, yeah. We had them well, here. You can, they can just hold so much more ketchup on a waffle fry. Yes. <laughs> you know, we were saying like that. Uh, it's a vehicle. Yes. The waffle fry is a vessel for the toppings. Yes. There you go. Good. It's like a uh, scoop. You know what I mean? In a tater tot, you know, you go to put the ketchup on it. Just, it comes off the side. It's all yeah. over your fingers you and everything else. Uh, definitely, man. Waffle fries where it's at. You're ketchup, man. We get it. Awesome. I am too. <laughs> I, I love me some yeah. ketchup. So yeah, I'm oh, like, yeah. Oh, one yeah. waffle fry and a whole pack of ketchup, yes. you know, and then the next waffle fry, a whole pack of ketchup. <laughs> Jake, we cannot awesome. thank you enough for being on the podcast today. It was awesome talking to you. Uh, we'll have to get a hold of you sometime in the future and get you back on here, maybe a little bit later in the year. Um, as you guys progress yeah, in your, um, as you guys progress in the chassis builds and stuff like that, maybe get a hold of you towards the end of the year, maybe Thanksgiving area uh, time, something like that. But we'll yeah, figure that sure. out. 
But man, we really appreciate you coming on today and spitting out crazy amounts of knowledge. All I know the info. Ian's gonna go sit in the garage yeah. and stare at his at his fourteen bolt, figuring out how he's gonna pull that out and sell it so he can buy one of yours. Yep. Or, <laughs> or just the whole buggy, you know? What do you do? He's gonna, right. he's gonna roll the dime piece yep. out and call you and be like, "Uh, trade you." Yep. Need an orange. That's a lot. Need well, an again. Song. Again, our vision for what we're trying to accomplish overall in the grand scheme is to make people more knowledgeable in the off-road community so they can make better decisions as to what they're doing and have a better and more enjoyable experience. We don't want people to go out and buy the wrong stuff and have a bad experience. And I want to share the knowledge that I've got with people like yourselves and, and everybody who's out there listening so that they can create a, a better vehicle, have more fun. And, you know, we just, we just want everybody to have a good time and, and really just make educated decisions. So thanks so much for, for having me on and being able to talk a little bit about some of this stuff and hopefully some guys picked up some more stuff and, and they can go to the rock rods tech tip videos and, and watch the videos there. Uh, make sure you check out some of our channels and stuff. We're always putting new products out and, uh, and, and a bunch of knowledge gets thrown in there. So hopefully guys like what we're doing and you know, it, it helps us, you know, and helps everybody. Awesome. Is there anybody you'd want to shout out before you take off? Uh, yeah, man. I mean, obviously it's everybody who works here at busted knuckle, man, we've got an awesome group of employees. Couldn't ask for some better guys who were out here just, you know, taking metal, metal and making miracles out of it and just, uh, making, you know, the whole thing run Jasmine. She's been my partner in crime, my girlfriend, she's my right hand. And I'm telling you, she's, she's so knowledgeable and thanks so much to her for putting up with me and, and helping us, you know, <laughs> get the business growing Matt, you know, and, and, and all the stuff that he does for us. And, and you know, just having a business partner that shares the same mentality and just, we're just constantly looking for the horizon and not looking at what's in front of us. Um, I think that's huge, you know, and, and having somebody who shares the same dreams as me is just amazing friends, family, loved ones. Um, Everybody who just believes in us and pushes us here, especially guys like you, um, you know, that, that have podcasts that are helping to promote the industry and, and get us to the point where we're on the next level. You know, people look at rock bouncers like we're just a bunch of dumb rednecks and, and we're going to change that, man. And it's one podcast at a time. That's yep. it. Exactly right. Yep. Cool. All right, guys. Well, I appreciate uh, y'all having me on. Call me back and we'll do it again sometime. Okay. That sounds like a plan, man. We appreciate it. Have yourself a good day. All right. Yep, you too. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. Epic interview. Mind blown. Dude, so much information thrown into one thing. I'm going to have to listen to our podcast like four times this week to then like write it all down or something. I was just sitting over here just staring off in my eyelids and I was like, wow. Dude, insanity. Speechless. <laughs> the amount of knowledge he has, because uh-huh. that's just a, a like a you know, one hour conversation on the phone. Mm-hmm. Could you imagine if I had to try to like give you everything I know over the phone? I could suck. I bet you didn't even scrape the surface. No, knows. and that's the mind blowing portion just like, of that. What? Yep. yep. Dude, he's an engineer, and you know he's just. I don't know. Apparently really good at retaining that. He loves it. That's the biggest thing. That's the thing. You can tell the passion's there. He's not out trying to sell you something that he just wants to make money off of. He wants to sell it because it's badass. Why? He wants to build cool shit. Yeah. He's not building steer 14s because he's bored and it's a good profit margin. Exactly. He's not building turnkey buggies. He said it himself. It's not a huge money maker when he sells that powder coat and tearing everything down. Yep. So doing it. he's doing it cause he loves to do it. He, doing it, he loves to do That's it. That's the key. That's it. He just loves what he does and wouldn't trade it for the world. Yep. Who else would you like, who better to do it? 
it's only money. Just save some money and buy all the things. <laughs> yep. But there's something to be said for buy it, buy it once, buy it, buy no, once, I cry once. No, I I go buy once, cry twice because the shit I want's expensive. But <laughs> um, a good cry every once in a while help you out, and next thing you know, you got a badass buggy. So whatever. But uh, there's something to be said with doing shit right the first time. It doesn't really, you know, and I grew up in the sport. You did as well. Yep. All of our friends did. Mm-hmm. Um, it was all about dollars. I don't think there's, I don't think there's mm-hmm. any one of us that ever went. I went and did blank and didn't give a shit about money. Why? Because whether you're 16 years old and starting out, mm-hmm. whether you're 20 years old and just starting out, I don't care. You, it's hard for anybody to go balls to the wall with money because it's not like you're needing a house, you're needing clothes or food is literally right. an expendable hobby. Yeah. So I, I grew up doing stuff to my trucks because, Oh, I'm going to do it myself because it's expensive to buy it. Okay. But is what you're buying better? Oh yeah. I'm not going to argue that. Yeah. But now looking back at how many dollars you waste doing stuff twice or three times or whatever grand later you're like should just yeah. bought a buggy i should just bought one that was done and done right and there's no Been arguing for the last eight years yeah there's no arguing that this guy knows what he's doing when yeah. it comes to suspension no. design so I wonder how you get that financed if you didn't want to pay for it yeah in cash i don't know how, what bank do you call and be like mm, can i finance this buggy i bet there's a way oh i'm sure of it you can finance a well, see, like a side by side as like a title. Yeah. But I know you can title buggies in some states. Really? Pretty sure. That's awesome. I think I was reading some thread the other day of somebody's title and their buggy out west somewhere. Um, because then you get around some of the um the permitting stuff to drive it on the street mm-hmm. to and from like Johnson Valley oh, yeah. trailheads and stuff like that. So I don't really know because I've never been involved with it, but I bet there's a way. Where there's a will, there's a way. Yeah. I don't know. If like you got to go bust your ass and save every penny and eat ramen, and that's what you want to do, exactly. then fucking do that shit 100%. If you got to sell your house and just go do it. Live in a trailer, if I don't your, care. If that's your prerogative, if that's your priority, do it. Yep. But that's the thing. Everybody who's anybody has figured out that these guys just didn't just wake up one day and just hit the lottery or something, you know? Yeah. He's talking about how he, he squirrel hold every dollar he made yeah, for, seven, for years. seven years. If you did that and didn't buy one dumb shit oh, thing for seven years, if we didn't buy $5 craft beers, if we didn't do all this other stuff, mm-hmm. think of how much extra you go buy a hundred thousand dollar buggy and not even worry about it. Not even think twice. It's all about what's Piece important to you and, mm-hmm. and how you want to do it. And the options are out there. <laughs> Ian, what are we drinking? Oh, we're drinking beer today, boys. It's drinking uh, A Wizard drinking Is Never Late beer. from Triptych in Savoy, Illinois. It's a hazy double hopped, double dry hopped IPA. It smells good. It is good. Yep. This, they've had this around for a while, and it's a really good um, It's really good hazy IPA with citra hops and Apollo hops. Ah, you definitely get the citra in through there because that's, nice, oh, yeah. that's a nice flavor. That's a good drinking beer there. That's like something you could sit around and drink a couple, three or four of. Oh, yeah. What's the... Uh, it's easily as good as dank meme. What's the percentage? Oh, I don't think they have this a percentage on this one. Hmm. Pretty sure they don't. Nope. I think you'll be on their website to see it. Interesting. It's yeah. not high, which no. is not a bad thing. We don't have the, the other number either. The ABVs or the IBUs? No, the IBUs. There's no IBUs on here either. Either way. That would be cool to have for this beer. 
Yep. Because it drinks really well. It's not bitter at all. No. That's a citra hops, though. You're going to get a lot less bitterness from them. Dude. That's a good beer. Check it out. Triptych Brewing in Savoy, Illinois. It's local to us. It's like four minutes away. It is. Maybe five if you hit a red light or two. Uh, It's more than that. I know. But either way, it is local. That's why I'm always Dude. late because everything's 5, 10, not <laughs> 15. Then I'm like, ah, oh, shit. That actually is about 13 minutes. And I said it was a five. So shit, now I'm late again. So we're having a beer now. So let's wrap this bad boy up. Okay. What do we got going on coming up? We've got the event on March 8th. Yep. The next, yeah. I didn't even write anything down on the next. Let me grab your notes mm-hmm. and steal your steal stuff. Steal my stuff. Yeah. What do you got um, on next? That's about it. Yeah. Got that event coming up. We got our swag pack giveaway going on. Uh, talked about that at the top of the show, but uh, giving away another polished cup on Monday the 2nd. Monday the 2nd. That'll be the last cup. Yep. And then we're giving away five pint glasses. We'll do the drawing probably on the podcast. That'll be kind of fun to do. Yep. Um, That's about it. We'll be out at the uh, National XJ Association's run on... The seventh at the Badlands. I think we'll also be giving away a polished cup there. Ooh, that'll be cool. We threw that into one of their little goodie bags. Nice. Um, we don't. Have... I'm still mad. I don't have one. I gotta sit here and look at this nice one. And I'm like, damn it! I'm drinking out of a plastic <laughs> cup today. I stole from the movie theater. You should just drink out of it. I made you another one. I know. I just, you know, yeah. It looks cooler sitting over there with all our. Had I not been so busy this week, I would have already had your other one no, done. You know, I'll just drink out of my plastic. This literally, I stole this Mac from the movie theater. Yeah, <laughs> which is funny because that's not even the name of the movie theater. So I don't know why in the hell. But some some, bar, some boga or some bargain cups they bought. Yeah, I don't know that. Uh, it's pretty awesome because they sell you beer at the movie theater for like $8 now. Yeah, for that big so, old cup of beer? Yeah. I mean, it's not that bad. No, nah, it's craft. It's usually like a oh. Sam Adams seasonal oh, or something like snap. that. So you don't have to drink Bush Light at the movie theater. That's but, a good start. Um, so I kept the cup. I was like, fuck this. I'm taking it with me. $8 in my cup. Yeah, I'm keeping this. <laughs> so I walk out with like two of those. We have been getting a few reviews. We've actually are bad. We've been trying to read a couple of these um, for, for the last like while. two or three weeks. Yeah. Because we really do appreciate the support. Um, it's pretty impressive to see the amount of people ordering swag packs and stuff like that just to kind of sponsor us, help us out. Uh, we just want to get the word out there and um, spread the love of off-roading that we're all here to talk about. Dude, love it. So, do we have a new review to read? Uh, we do. This one here is from Question Mark. We don't know who it came from. Awesome. But it's five stars, and it says, Great podcast, my new favorite. Short and sweet. Appreciate you. Um, got one here from a Robbie821 on um, via Apple Podcast. It's hard finding a good podcast about off-roading, but Ian and Steve have got me hooked, and I've been listening to them for about a week now. Give it a try. You won't be disappointed. Thanks, Robbie. We appreciate that. Nice to Let's hear. See if we got anything else in here. Pull some of these other. Oh, nope. I tried to pull it up, messed it all up. Broke the internet. Broke them. Total off road podcast. I pushed, the, the, I pushed the wrong sea alls. Ah, well, you know, you'll have that. Got one here from Joe's 60421. Great podcast. Good range of topics. Ian and Steve get gel really well. Great job making it feel like listeners are just sitting in the shop with you. I appreciate that. That's kind of what we're going for. We would be sitting in the shop if it wasn't for the audio quality of being in a shop. Yep. We just want you guys to have to listen to that echo, that reverb. Sounds but way better in our studio. I think so. If you guys agree, shoot us a message. Leave us a review. So, now that we've got that out of the way, we can wrap this up. Give it to them. All right. Whatever. Nice. All right. We're going to find more info on the uh, on the socials. Okay. Um, make sure you go check out Jake Berkey 
on Instagram at Jake Berkey Busted Knuckle. Uh, Facebook is Busted Knuckle Off Road. You can check out our newest uh, like co-sponsor that came on, which is Crawler Off Road. You heard about them in the beginning of the episode. You can check them out on Instagram at Crawler Off Road and Facebook Crawler Off Road. To reiterate that. You can find our page on Facebook at Total Off-Road Podcast. You can find us on Instagram at Total underscore Off-Road underscore Podcast. You can find my personal page at Low underscore K-E-E underscore X-J. And you can find Ian at Off-Road underscore Ian. Don't forget to check us out on the YouTube. YouTube. Everybody, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you on the trail.